welcome to the Glow Journal podcast, a conversation with the beautiful minds behind the world's biggest beauty brands. I'm your host, beauty writer Gemma Watts, and in this episode, I'm joined by the founder of Bang & Body, Priscilla Hagiantoni. Despite being such a young niche brand, this has been by far and away one of my most requested interviews ever, and I think there are a few reasons for this. The first is that Priscilla just has one of those rare personality types that people are just drawn to. I first met Priscilla when I was hosting Mechaland last year and I was really instantly taken by her warmth and I sincerely believe that both content and product efficacy aside, Priscilla's personality is largely to thank for her brand's legion of followers. The second, of course, is that product efficacy. At the time of recording, Bang & Body is less than one year old, but its results have gone quite literally viral. Priscilla originally launched the brand's now cult yellow tube of goodness as a firming body lotion, but curious consumers tried applying it to their face and within a fortnight of launch, Priscilla had received hundreds of emails from customers who had found that the lotion had cured their acne, rosacea, keratosis and dermatitis. Priscilla began sharing her customers' unretouched before and after photos via Bang & Body's social media channels. And in May of last year, the then two-month-old brand was featured by the Daily Mail, the most visited English-language news website in the world, which led to Priscilla leading something of an unconventional makeshift production line in her living room, which is a story she tells far better than I do. That momentum has not slowed, not even for a moment, with 2020 seeing Priscilla grow her team and move into a brand new Bang & Body headquarters. We actually recorded this episode in the new space because I was desperate to see it, and that is why you might hear a bit of an echo, but it was truly surreal to stand within the walls of this business that Priscilla has built and grown for herself in such a short amount of time. I can guarantee that after listening to this interview, you will be just as ecstatic for her as I am. In this conversation, Priscilla shares her firm stance on airbrushing, how viral success does increase consumer scepticism, and why a job that looks perfect on paper can never truly satisfy you unless you feel a little bit of magic. Your mother, if my research served me, um, owned businesses in fashion and beauty. So I imagine you kind of grew up around beauty and around business. What did you think you were going to be when you grew up? I have always been a really creative person. Mm -hmm. So for me, definitely in the space of, you know, creativity and how Mm -hmm. I can express myself. And when I was growing up as well, my mum was always showing us how to take care of our skin. And Mm -hmm. even when we were tiny tots and we didn't really know what she was talking about, but she's like, you'll thank me later. And she was just the biggest advocate for um, skin prevention and skin health. Like she was always about that. And then my auntie, she was another big part of my life and she Mm -hmm. still is a big part of my life. And she was quite different to mum. Mum was quite conservative in her, you know, the way she presented herself, just really, um, yeah, she was beautiful in the way she dressed, but just more conservative. Mm-hmm. Where my auntie mixed and matched 
Prince. She would take us down to Fitzroy. Oh, she's the edgy would, one. Yeah, <laughs> and we would go to little stores, little boutiques. And she's like, okay, girls, because I've got a twin sister. Yeah. Okay, girls, go pick out a few outfits and, you know, we can have a bit of fun. And it was like every fortnight we'd go and it was just the favourite time of what we wanted to, like, for us both. And I think that just really sparked that interest of going, wow, I really love the beauty and fashion space, but what could I do straight out of school? Mm -hmm. And I think fashion was always a big part of me growing up with my auntie and the way I dressed and mum with skincare. But I just always thought maybe skincare was a bit too far fetched Mm because I just, no one spoke about it at school. You know, like I didn't even know you could be a dermatologist. Like it was just, it was one of those things where everyone's either, you know, they did fashion merchandising at school or, you know, textiles, but there was nothing really in skin. So Mm -hmm. I just learnt from mum at that point and my own skin issues. So I guess I think growing up, I always thought I would be in fashion Mm -hmm. and maybe a fashion stylist or something like that. Um, And then I guess as I grew up and went to uni and doing my business um, associate degree and Mm -hmm. had like a textiles aspect to it as well, um, it kind of really showed me what could the possibility be for that scope. And I love the business side, but I was like, oh, do I want to go in the fashion side or do I just love it as a passion? And it's such like it's such a broad thing as well, which is kind of nice to work out like the top level thing of what you want to do and then deep dive into it. You've mentioned that your mum taught you about skincare when you were younger, but you just kind of went along. Do you have any specific first memories of beauty? Absolutely. (laughs) Before school, mum would literally be running after us with a pump of moisturiser to make sure we were all hydrated as well as wearing 50 plus SPF, wherever she could find the best vegan, well, natural alternative to the skin care, Mm -hmm. uh, to the sun care. And that was the two things. Priscilla, make sure you put SPF on and make sure you moisturise. And that was a part of my daily routine. God, she's ahead of her time. That's (laughs) so good. She was all about it. And still to this day, she's all like, you would not tell that she was the age that she is she's just amazing but she really takes care of herself and Mm -hmm. has put that on us as well so that would probably be the very first memory for me it's nice obviously everyone's parents are going to be supportive but I feel like I've had a pretty even split on the podcast of people who have had say parents in creative jobs that were like I just wanted to rebel against them and go the other way and then we've got people on your side of it who were like no I loved what they were doing and I just wanted to go in that direction yeah I think I I was really inspired by mum at a young age. She was That's just a nice. super mum that had her business. She had her businesses, her hair and beauty businesses. You know, she was always there for us girls mm. and and also, you know, educating us on our skin and helping me through my own skin concerns because I suffered with acne um, at a young being age. being a teenager. Ooh. Which was really difficult. Um, yeah. You know, your self-confidence issues, you know, you're going into high school. Once you're in high school, it just gets worse. Mm. And then you think you can manage it with the skincare routine that mum sets you up with and then flares up again. Early yep. 20s and you're kind of on your own. You have no money. You've got, you know, you're trying to figure your life out. You finish uni. In your case, <laughs> you're doing about 14 qualifications at 14 once. 14 qualifications. <laughs> So I was like, wow, there's got to be more to this. Like I can't just keep up with this routine and still have skin issues. Um, So I think, you know, mum really inspired me to go after your dreams. Like Mm. she was always the one says, Priscilla, do 50 different jobs until you find the right one. Where my auntie was always like, no, get a trade, get a job, stick with it, safety net, you know. So I kind of had a bit of both, um, but Mm. mum just really spoke to me. Oh, that's so nice. You mentioned that you did an associate degree in Mm -hmm. business, but you've... I mean, you pretty much covered everything post high school. You had the business degree, then you did further study in project management, human resource management, 
and social media marketing. At the time, that probably felt like a bit of everything. But looking back, it's like the perfect recipe for business ownership. Was that the plan at the time or were you just following what you thought, okay, this could potentially come in handy down the track? Yeah, amazing. So I think for me, I loved learning and I still Mm -hmm. love learning. Yes. So for me, I really enjoyed it. But in terms of choosing the course for me, I think once I left the business associate degree, Mm -hmm. I really found parts of that like degree that I loved and I loved people and I love people now and talking to people. (laughs) We get along. Yes. So I think for me, human resources and mum also after her beauty career, that's where she went next. So she had, um, she was in HR you mm-hmm. know, for many years after she had sold off the businesses. God, you've got to be a real people person to do oh, HR. Oh, yeah. Oof. And she did it for about 10, 15 years. Wow. So a long time mm. um, when I was in my late teens, early 20s. So, yeah, I would say like, yeah, from like 15 to 20, yeah, till now. Mm-hmm. So um, that was a real insight into, I guess, a whole different scope of she went in beauty, which was all customer focused and mm. people focused, to now managing businesses and their people. And it was just really amazing to see how she did that. And I really was drawn to HR from her. Mm-hmm. And then I guess um, with project management, I loved conceptualizing ideas, mm-hmm. but then having a timeline to follow through with. Yes. So I was one day speaking to my uncle, who he's actually. Um, in that business scope and he had friends that worked at ANZ in project management and he said to me, Priscilla, you love coming up with all these ideas and you see them through, like that's in projects, you know, have you ever thought about that could be something that you you Mm -hmm. could have a career in? And I was like, oh yeah, I've heard, but I never like thought that that would be my direction. Yeah. He's like, well, there's, you know, maybe just do a course and see if you like it. And I was like, yep, I will do a course. And (laughs) I loved it. (laughs) Just add another one to the list. (laughs) Just add another one. And that's when it started. That's how my ANZ and accounting firm career started from off the back of having HR and project management. Mm. And then when I was um, within ANZ and I loved it, like it was a massive learning experience. It was really challenging at the time because I was one of the younger ones that Mm -hmm. got like a junior PMO project management role. Yeah. And I was compete. I was up against I was really up against it for me being a young girl. And then you have all these, you know, professionals that are in their mid-30s, 40s and upwards. So for me, it was a really learning experience in I had to trust myself. I had to believe that I could do it. And I had to really put my best foot forward every single day, no matter Mm -hmm. what was coming at me. So that really taught me resilience and, you know, discipline. So important. Which is super important in business. (laughs) Very important. This is a bit beauty unrelated but I think it's worth touching on because I know people listen to this that are interested in business Business. specifically I would love to talk to you about your decision to do an associate degree because I followed a pretty similar path straight out of school not like not to make it about me but people in high school were like oh why do you want to like why aren't you just doing a standard degree why aren't you going straight to university you're smart enough to do it but for me the appeal was that it was like smaller class sizes, it was more hands-on. I would love to know more about your decision to take that path down a more kind of hands-on education yeah. route. Yeah, I For me, I did look at degrees and bachelor degrees and the path mm-hmm. that to go to the master's. Like I, I, I love learning. So for of me, there was, there was no end. Mm-hmm. But I'm also a very visual, creative person. So for me, I had to have that hands-on experience with teachers and students and you know, communication and debating and all that kind of stuff. Like I loved it. So Mm -hmm. me just sitting in a lecture and or even doing it from home and being isolated didn't really um, 
I can guess, appeal to me. Yeah. So having that option was really amazing because then I could interact with different people from all works of, walks of life mm-hmm. and come together and we all had the same interests and we could really share our thoughts and ideas. And I thought I learned a hell of a lot more than just out of a textbook. I've had exactly the same experience. I honestly think taking that path was one of the best decisions I've yeah. ever made. So you've completed your studies. You mentioned that you then moved in to ANZ in a project management role. And then you also worked for some accounting firms as well. Yeah, so so after ANZ, I had the opportunity to work at a really luxe accounting firm. And for me, that really interests me because obviously additional challenges, I could bring Mm -hmm. my project management PMO um, experience into the role. But then also I loved finance. Like if you ask everyone, anyone in my family, like, I can manage my money pretty well. I just love numbers. I love planning. So it's so not surprising that you've ended up <laughs> owning a business like when you look at this skill set. <laughs> so I think for me, um, that really interests me. And I learned a hell of a lot because it mm. wasn't just accounting. It was about tax. It was about superannuation. It was tax mm. law. It was everything you could possibly imagine. So I was working alongside the most smartest people yeah and I learned so much on you know them helping to build other people's businesses mm-hmm. and I guess from that also sparked that interest because I've always admired mum and I always thought to myself in the back of my mind oh maybe I could do something mm-hmm. but I was never the one to just dive in to go okay I'll just do this business and that business and this business it's a huge risk I have to I like I'm an ideas factory but then I have to really restrain myself and go, yeah okay what's the idea that's going to make it worth it for me that I'm 100% passionate about and I can get through every single hard time within that yeah. industry or business. God, I love Ideas Factory. That's what I'm going to call this space now. Yes. <laughs> I'm just visiting the Ideas Factory today. <laughs> Obviously, you you had a you know an interest in all of these things, but accounting feels pretty far mm. removed from beauty. Was the beauty industry still in the back of your mind? Because I feel like I know you enough at this point to know that you wouldn't just be like half-assing it. But was did you feel like there was something missing? 100%. Um, I guess for me it was that time in my early 20s. I was probably one of the youngest people to really step foot into that space at that time. Yeah. And from there it was more so, okay, this is adult life. Mm-hmm. You need a job. And I had my auntie in the background, like she wasn't forceful, but she always mentioned as young girls, like having a steady job, having an income. I've been with my partner now for 12 years. How are you <laughs> going to support Jake? You know, he can't just support you, like all yep. these things. And I was like, okay, that's the approach I have to take. I have to go in corporate. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to take that streamline approach. I have to get up nine to five or eight to six or whatever the hours were and get in and do my job and have a fortnightly wage. And that would be my life. But Oof. there was always that itch. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, for me, it's about the creative flair of thinking like there is no box. And mm-hmm. I love that. I love that you can let your wildest dreams be open to anything. And I could never get that with working in corporate. No. It was always so restrictive. And, you know, I would bring ideas to the tables and then they would have to go up the chain with these yeah. multinationals. You couldn't just make those quick decisions and, you know, deviate when it was necessary. Mm. So for me it was, okay, I've got this itch. Beauty was always in the back of my mind because I always looked after my skin. Yeah. Thanks to mum. And I loved makeup. I'm a, quite a simple person, so I love the natural makeup look. Yes. And I've always been... Um, that person so I always thought to myself for me skin comes first 
and then makeup will look flawless absolutely so I was always so interested in that and I guess as well my friends used to always come to me when they had their skin issues and said Priscilla what are you using on your skin (gasps) I've got this breakout because I used to freak out about one breakout like you should ask my girlfriends they would be like the amount of times Priscilla called us freaking about one breakout (laughs) (laughs) was ridiculous and I think for me that just showed that there wasn't just me that was suffering it was so many others and I knew I could make a difference from my beauty experience, my business experience. Mm-hmm. And I guess from there, it was just trying to find the right time. I think as well, and like not to put words into your mouth, but you've mentioned that you were, you know, one of the youngest in this project management role at ANZ. That's got to be a hard thing because it's kind of in your head, you're like, this is a huge deal. I should be so, so, so grateful for this. So then you start to feel guilty to want something different it's it's exhausting oh yes um for me as you said earlier like I don't do anything half nope I am all in all the time and that was really exhausting because I would get up in the morning on the way to work would be on a train or a tram and I would be preparing for the work that I would be doing for the day because I like to prepare myself get in and then get started like not Mm -hmm. fluffle about so having maybe 10 minutes in the morning when I would have my coffee, I would be thinking about if money wasn't an an option or if I could be doing anything else in my life, what would it be? And I was torn because I loved what I was doing in the work that I was doing Mm. and I was so appreciative of the opportunity. But then I was so withdrawn because I was like, I'm a creative. (laughs) Yes, I just wish I could add my creative flair to these elements of this role. Mm -hmm. And then I'll jump on the train and put that in the back of my mind and prepare for the day compartmentalizing every day is just a tiring thing absolutely Oof. and you the emotional yeah of course. aspect that comes with it because mm-hmm. you're like yep it's gonna be a great day and then you get jump on the tram and then you've got all these little ideas flowing in your mind and then you get to work and you're like the oh, ideas factory i gotta put those ideas back into the bucket oh. <laughs> later <laughs> and then get to work yeah, and you want to act on them I straight wanna, away yeah, and i want to write things down i want to brainstorm and mind map and you know, all that kind of stuff that I do. (laughs) Yep, I completely understand that. So you've started to think, okay, I have this passion for beauty. I feel like I potentially have the skill set to start a business. You've understand that there are other people in the same situation. Tell me about when the wheels started turning and you started to think, okay, I could potentially start a business. Definitely. So I think from when I was at ANZ and you know mm-hmm. going through the motions I was always thinking about you know I guess what would be next not when I would take the leap but just what could I do if yeah that was the road that I wanted to take mm-hmm. which was definitely always in the back of my mind because I felt like I did have that creative ambitious drive to really bring something to life from nothing yeah um, and then I also had the interest in fashion as well as beauty so again torn on that as well mm-hmm. and you know I did my have a little bit of a taste through it with my twin sister we did a a clothing business that we sold at markets and that was my weekend thing that I would do yeah so I think from there was and that was before ANZ or just par with ANZ so I think for me it was always that was like a side thing that we would do and Mm -hmm. I got to spend time with my sister which I loved and I got to see people's faces when our creative flair would you know shine and they would love what we were doing Mm -hmm. but Again, it just wasn't the right fit for yes. me. And I think that's super important to share with people that, you know, mm-hmm. it's okay to give something a go and don't kick yourself if it doesn't feel right for you or it doesn't work out. Because yeah. there's always something better on the other side. 
And I learned that really quickly because, again, beauty was always in the forefront of my mind. And my mum used to always say to me, Priscilla, you're so creative and you've got so much knowledge in the beauty space. You know, why aren't you thinking about the product that you are missing from your life. God, she's a good mum. She really is. And she pushed hard when I was younger to be like, I think you're going to be in this space. And I was like, yeah. no, mum, like I want to be in fashion or no, I love this. Or you just, because you just think it's too far-fetched. So yeah. You don't want to get your hopes up. And no one's telling you that it's a possibility. No one's giving you the manual to, yeah. okay, Priscilla, you want a beauty business? This is how you do Here it. Here you go. Go for it. No. God, it's like, if that manual existed, whoever wrote it would be making a mint. Trillions. Ooh. Yeah. Because it's there is no rule book. There is no manual. And I guess on the other way of, you know, it would be great to have a guide, but then it's mm. also great not to because you can let your ideas just go wild without any limitation yeah and I think from there it was one of those thoughts of okay my problem with my skin was a lot of congestion a lot of under the skin whiteheads then ultimately breakouts and the breakout would go and then another whitehead that was sitting under the skin would pop up so it was a constant hamster wheel of emotions all the time and I remember my mum just saying to me, she's like, Priscilla, you're buying all these products. Like I would go into Mecca and I still go into Mecca, but I would always go into Mecca and get everything that I could that said anti-blemish or spot treatment yep. or acne prone skin or whatever, anything to reduce inflammation and redness. And I just never felt anything worked. And mm-hmm. I was spending all this money and I was upset that I wasn't working. And then I was upset looking at my bank account going, oh my God. Where's all my money gone? Got him with a background in accounting. You'd be like, like, why did I do this to myself? (laughs) But again, it's the emotions of like wanting to feel your best self and then going, oh God, my bank account's not liking Mm. me at the moment. So that was really the first moment of going, there's something missing here. Yeah, I can never find a product that could just do more than what it was saying on the packaging. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really interesting. And you had a bit of beauty experience by then anyway because you'd I love that it's so non-linear this <laughs> career trajectory but you had worked with Miranda Kerr's brand Cora launching that into Australia so you've obviously got experience with firstly seeing how to launch a product into a country and secondly sort of cruelty-free natural beauty what did you take away from that experience? I loved it. Um, I worked really closely with their main Victorian state reps, Mm -hmm. um, which was incredible. And I also met Miranda Kerr and she's so Mm. beautiful. It was just amazing to see because she was also one of the first um, to really use certified organic natural ingredients. It was so foreign when they launched. People were like, what's this hippie skincare? Yeah, it was really foreign as well because she was an icon in mm. modelling, not necessarily the beauty space. But yeah. then when you think about it, she obviously had to take really good care of her skin. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was one of those things where I was like, I was the forefront of the customer as well. So it yep. was amazing. I learned so much about the brand, but then how did I need to communicate it to the consumer? Right. And for me, that was invaluable information mm-hmm. and experience for me because I knew what was coming to me in terms of customer um, concerns with their skin yeah. and then also the products that were available that could help treat the skin so I think for me the whole natural and I guess you know mum being one of the first pioneers as well back in the early 2000s and earlier to bring natural into a cool space because yeah. ultimately it was always chemically focused or really mm-hmm. severe active ingredients and peels there was nothing really gentle and natural yes. and vegan or australian sourced ingredients in yeah, the market that's a, mm. so for me that was massive and i took a lot from that experience knowing that 
with good skincare, it didn't have to have all the bells and whistles. Mm -hmm. You could really make a change in people's skin. And from that as well, and I know my whole career has not been linear one bit, but (laughs) I think with everything, and and that's the thing I want to share with people as well, is you don't have to stick with one thing because I know for someone, if they were working alongside me in my journey of my life and I've done 20 different things and they've done one, I know that I could bring more information or more ways of doing things per se. Not necessarily, but I just know based on all the... I guess, elements of different types of industries with different yeah. types of people and different types of knowledge, I could, bring, I could, you know, leverage all that information. So don't feel scared if you feel you have to deviate or, you know, try something new. Mm. Having that spark is so magical. Like people mm. don't always get it. So just go with it. I love that. And because something like an opportunity can look perfect on paper, but if you don't feel magic being the word you've used, if you're not feeling it... It's it, it, there's gonna there's always gonna be that little thing definitely missing. So you've got this experience in beauty. You've got all the makings of a business owner. You know that you want to launch something. So what next? Why this product? Okay, interesting. <laughs> so I love this because for me, being exposed to many different skincare products, all of them, all of them, every product, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there was a lot of, and that's the thing. Beauty can be very overwhelming. Yes, it was it can. very overwhelming for me. Mum would bring home all these products and I'd be like, which step goes first? Why mm. is there so many products? Mum, it was too much. And then again, going into Mecca, being overwhelmed with all mm-hmm. amazing choices. How do you know which one's right for you? It's very difficult to navigate. So the first part was simplicity. Mm-hmm. There is so much simplicity in beauty. Yes. And knowing that pure, good ingredients can just do or if not do more for the skin than mm-hmm. having, you know, I guess an ideas of bag, <laughs> like yeah. the ideas factory, having many different ingredients on your skin because yeah. that can actually have the opposite effect. And that's another thing that people don't realise. Mm-hmm. That was happening for me. I was thought, oh, the more products, the better. Let's put it all on my face. But I also have sensitive skin, so oh, that did God. not help me yeah, no. at all. <laughs> because from there it was I'm putting one thing on, and then I'm putting another thing on, not realizing that those active or those ingredients are working not necessarily oh, well with each other. With each other. Exactly. So then from there, I was like, simplicity is the first thing. Yeah. And I remember writing this down, going, "What would my, be my non-negotiables mm-hmm. now that I want to put my best foot forward and go? You know what? This not doing this would have been an injustice to me, but also I feel mm. like." others yeah because I knew what I was missing and I thought if I was missing it surely there would be other people that was missing the same yeah. thing in their routine and so that was thing when I was writing down all my you know non-negotiables it was simplicity being the first one mm-hmm. making sure that it was all natural vegan and cruelty free yeah and Australian sourced ingredients mm-hmm. and had to be made in Australia so they were really key and then from there I could branch out and go okay what natural and active ingredients do I want to use yeah where are they going to be sourced from and then also another one of the non-negotiables was recyclable, sustainable packaging. These all seem like pretty easy asks, but they are quite the opposite. Yes. Oh. And getting 100% recyclable, sustainable packaging within Australia is impossible. Yeah. So then you go, okay, or near impossible. And then you go, what next? And then deviating mm. away from plastic, yep. single-use plastic in particular, was another thing that I was like, I don't want to do that. Thank God. And 
for me, that was probably the hardest decision, like in terms of easiest decision to make, hardest way to achieve. Yeah. <laughs> because not everyone does 100% recyclable aluminium, which mm-hmm. is what our tubes are made of, that have BPA-free lining included. So you can yeah. just take off the cap, pop it in the recycling bin, and Amazing. it could just be re- reused for something else. Um, not many factories do that. And then no. the price that comes with it. Then mm. also the quality control. You know, making yep. sure it was up to scratch with the presentation of the brand. So that would possibly possibly be the hardest out of the business was mm-hmm. our packaging because mm. it had to be perfect and it had to deliver on what it was saying it was going to do. Yeah. Um, and then obviously not taking the streamlined approach of, pa- of plastic was also very foreign for a lot of factories. Yeah. So God, I mean, it still is. It still is. is. And that's the thing we're always looking at. 100% recyclable, sustainable, mm. eco-friendly packaging, you know, um, that it's, you know, biodegradable or made from cornstarch. And they're slowly but and surely getting their way to know, but yeah. it's still a far way. It won't away. happen overnight, but it will happen. So we're hoping it happens soon, but <laughs> that's the thing. It's all about progression and those little steps yeah. that we are moving in the right direction, but it's, it's definitely harder to always offer those options when not many factories are doing it. Mm. Um, so I guess from there, there was the non-negotiables and going, okay, taking it back to my childhood days yes. with mum running around the house following me going, Priscilla, make sure you put your moisturiser on before school, mm-hmm. SPF before school. And I was like, wow, I, I remember those days and I remember not really liking to put moisturiser on because yeah. it was so sticky and mm-hmm. wet and just smelly. and Skincare should never feel like a chore. It should be... And to be honest, that's what it was. I hated putting moisturiser on my body Mm. in particular because I couldn't put clothes on straight away. Yeah. It was always an effort. And Mm -hmm. I was like, if I am just going to put this on my body to hydrate, which should be, you know, inevitable, it should just do that. Why isn't there something out there that does more? Yeah. If I'm going to take time out of my day to put cream all over my body, it needs to be worth it. It's got to have a bit of oomph. It's got to do more than just hydrate. And I guess from there, that's when our firming body lotion mm-hmm. came about. Um, and I guess the firming aspect was because mum always had firming in her routine yep. with Nivea, but I hated Nivea. Oh, very different to products. It was, very, <laughs> it was crazy. And mum only liked it in the sense that because I had the Q10 firming, oh, yeah, but course. she didn't really like the ingredients that were in it. No. And she was always fighting with herself because she was like, I need the firming, but mm. there's nothing out there on the market. And she would always talk about it and that was always in my brain. So having my personal experience on beauty with the body aspect and then having mum with firming, I was like, that's really interesting because firming and anti-aging is known to me for the older demographic, not necessarily for the young demographic, but we lose 1% of elasticity after the age of 20. Good God, that explains a lot. Every (laughs) year. So I was like... Why aren't Christ. we trying to preserve our skin? Yeah. It is inevitable it, would hap- it will happen. But if we can slow the process down. If we can hold on to a bit of that elasticity <laughs> for a little bit longer. Oh. That would be ideal. Mm. So then, yeah, the firming body lotion was born. Amazing. So you've decided on the product. Yes. You've worked out which gap you want to fill. Where do you go from there? Because you had that list of non-negotiables. How did you find a manufacturer? How did you start to source packaging and how did it all fall into place so when you're in corporate yeah you have to love to learn to research and yep. i loved it 
So oh, thank me, God. Thank goodness. <laughs> so for me, research was my go-to. Like I would, mm-hmm. people called me the queen of research. Priscilla, yeah. I need to find this. No worries. And I would go on there <laughs> and on find it. it. So I, so and this is what pe- I want to share with people as well. From conceptualize, from conceptualizing the idea to actually launching mm-hmm. was close to two and a half years. So a long time. So the first six to eight months was purely research. Yeah. After work, lunch breaks, before work. That's what I would be doing. Yeah. On my laptop, iPad, phone, wherever I could get technology on Mm. finding ways to, where do I begin? What would be the process? And then leveraging connections through mum, like trying to find anyone that mum knew. And then if they knew any people that had started their own businesses in packaging and who they spoke with and, you know, I would go and, find these manufacturers and I was all excited you know to mm-hmm. meet them and then I'd walk into their offices and they would just look at me and go what do you want to like what do you want to do and I would say I'll tell them what I wanted to do yeah and some people would be like yeah that's great but you're starting at 10,000 MOQ or yeah that's really a great idea but we don't do that we don't do natural <laughs> beauty we don't do you know, we don't deviate from the streamlined approach oh, of beauty. God. And I was like, okay, well, that's not going to work for me. Wonderful. So that was a long time in finding our right manufacturer, which we have now. And mm-hmm. I am so grateful. Yeah. And I love them because they know me, Priscilla, the Ideas Factory, and also pushing <laughs> boundaries of the approach to, to skincare and beauty. So for me, they know when I'm coming to them with an idea, it's not going to be your basic one, two, three step process. Yeah. It is going to be uh okay what outcomes do we want to achieve with this product yeah and that's where the multi-purpose aspect came in yeah so i want to talk on that just quickly please in regards to we started the idea of i wanted to do the body firming lotion or yep. the firming body lotion first thinking that i would bring out a complementary face right option in the future mm-hmm. i used the body lotion formula for my face because it is all natural and vegan and cruelty free yeah and i loved it so I said to my manufacturer, when we do the face product, I want it to be pretty much the same, but we yeah. would tweak it just a little bit. And then we launched. Mm-hmm. Two weeks after launch, I had over 100 people email, DM, any way that I could get in contact with me to say, I just applied the product to my face because I saw it was natural. I wouldn't normally do it, but it was natural, vegan, cruelty free, and I thought my skin was dehydrating. I'll put it on. Give it a go. Give it a crack. And... The next day, their redness had pretty much gone. Their scarring started to improve. Yeah. Their, you know, dryness, their height, like everything was improving. And they were like, are you sure this is just for the body? Because I'm going to be using it for the face now. So yep. feel free to share my results because <laughs> I will send it through before and after results. Yeah. And I was like, holy hell. And I just remember speaking to my fiance about it and going, this is also the gap. The yeah. gap was firming and anti-aging, but... This is also the gap. Mm -hmm. There is no multi-purpose products out there that you can use for your face and your body and get the same results. Mm -hmm. This is it. The customer, they're they're telling us we have to listen. And then from there, we went from firming body lotion to just firming lotion because it can be applied everywhere. And I've got really sensitive skin and we have a lot of people that suffer from Mm -hmm. severe sensitive skin, dermatitis, um, rosacea, eczema, and they just fell in love straight away. And from there... They've been the pioneers of representing the brand for us. That's so amazing. I wanted to ask you about that because it must be 
the this very strange surreal feeling seeing these people using a product in a way that you, you sort of intended for it to be used but I mean how can you predict the transformation and the confidence it's going to give these people when it is curing things like rosacea dermatitis like keratosis all of these things talk me through that feeling it was pretty surreal. I did a few focus groups with the product in the formulation stages mm-hmm. because I wanted to make sure that we were putting the best product out there possible. For me, as mentioned earlier, the beauty industry is so saturated. How was I going to stand apart and not just yeah. be another confusing body product, another confusing product on the shelf yeah. for people or another product on the shelf that would just confuse people? Mm-hmm. So... I made sure that I, you know, could give it to anybody that I could get my hands on. My yeah. twin sister's in hairdressing, same with my auntie. So I gave uh-huh. it to all, I gave boxes to them to give to clients. They had no idea who I was. They had no idea who, what pro- like they just said, can you please try this product? Give it a go. It's a new product that's coming out. And we just got such great feedback. Oh, so and good. from there, it wasn't, in, I was like, okay, great. We've got a great product mm-hmm. and people are seeing great results, but now it's time to put it out there and it was it's scary like it's yeah you don't know what the wider audience is going to i guess give the feedback to you about the product but mm. for me it was it's now or never and i know yeah. it needs to be out there for people that because i know it's going to heal their skin but i did not expect the magnitude of what was going to be coming my way i mean you just can't i can just you? it was an influx all at once of before and after images and media picking us up and I was beside myself because I was just like, oh my goodness, I had a three-year plan, you know. (laughs) This was, you know, I was going to give myself, you know. And yeah, it's just, it's it's surreal. Yeah, It's amazing to watch. Very grateful. When you did launch, there were a couple of elements about Bang & Body that I think would scare some people, but they've certainly worked to your advantage. The first being being digitally native. That can be a pro or a con. And the second being launching with one product because if that product doesn't do well it clearly has but if it doesn't like that's that's your business done so can you explain to me why you made those decisions so being digital digi- oh i can't even speak it's the most difficult <laughs> digitally native and i really have to pause before i say it i'll say social launching media online guess. <laughs> well tongue twisted um yes so for me I saw my mum with brick and mortar and I could Mm. see the challenges that she faced even though it was all really word of mouth and a lot of recommendations like she had a very very successful business she had two salons or and or a third um so she was she she really knew how to market in her Mm. space but I was like for me that is not how I purchase right and for me that I love the fact that you could go into a store and try the product Mm -hmm. and I think that's what we're working on at the moment It's to be like how can we be more accessible to our customers but at the time I was like how can I reach the most amount of people in the shortest amount of time and be able to share people's results pretty much instantly Yeah, and that was only through social media marketing or through social Mm -hmm. media and the digital space. So from there I guess that was a really big plan yeah. to launch online through online first and then with the backing of social media yeah and in regards to the one product I wanted to put my heart and soul into one product that I knew could change people's lives yeah it is a massive risk yes but I also think it's a great benefit because mm-hmm. you're putting your whole self and your knowledge and expertise with the support of your skin chemists and formulation gurus mm-hmm. and 
all your team coming together for one product at the time of launch. So in regards to, we also in the formulation stages had our formulation. Yes. But then we also had the starting phases of our next two products. Uh So we knew, because it took about a year and a half to formulate these products. Yeah. Um, And with the formulation as well, different tweaks and yeah. challenges along the way with certain ingredients. God, imagine if it was just the perfect formula from the start. Oh, yeah, oh. that would have been fab. But Good God. for me, it was making sure that the ingredients were locally sourced in Australia and mm-hmm. certain ingredients had like six or 12 week wait times and it's like that wouldn't do if the business yeah. did scale and all these things involved. So for me, it was going, okay, we know we're going to communicate this digitally kind of and say, why do I... Online. Why we'll do just I say, say online. that word? Let's completely... It's taken me 18 months. Yeah, and well, I think I need to learn it. <laughs> Launching online. Uh, Launching online. Um, yeah, so I think for me that was the biggest focus. And then also the one product, putting all my energy into that product as well as the mm. other two products. But I guess we were able to launch the formulation and still have six to eight months before yeah. we launch the next two. So Which is still not a lot of time. But no, so amazing. that's why I guess starting, you know, a year and a half before launch in the formulation scope, pretty much each product took over a year yeah. to, you know, perfect. Um, but I just thought it was a great opportunity to really yeah. put your best foot forward and making sure that you could deliver what, or if not deliver more mm. than what the packaging was saying Yeah, with that. It reminds me very much of L Effect and also Summer Fridays in that you launch with one product and then people fall madly in love with it. So then there becomes a demand for like, what are they going to do next? It builds a bit of hype. I think it's the way to do it now. Yeah. You've um, obviously touched on social media and those unbelievable before and after photos. Like I've just never seen anything like it and they keep going viral for obvious reasons. At the time of recording, you've got upwards of 161,000 followers, which is insane when the business is, you know, relatively young. It's crazy. The one thing that I wanted to ask, though, with those before and afters, everyone has different skin. So we might look at these before and afters and go, oh, my God, what a crazy change. But with that comes all this extra pressure because people might be like, I'm going to see that change overnight and my skin's going to react in exactly the same way. How do you deal with that level of pressure? Definitely. Um, so, again, very grateful that people wanted to share yes. their before and afters. We didn't ask for them. They were just like, look at the results I'm receiving. It's amazing. But you're welcome to share with others because mm. I know my skin concerns and my issues that I've had and I want to be able to give back to others and hopefully they can find a solution with your yeah. products. So that was absolutely incredible. But yes, when you have customers see amazing results in stretch marks, scarring, acne within a week, and that is from the customer, it does increase skepticism. Of course. Because they're like, how is that? That's not beauty. Beauty can take 30 days. Beauty can take, you know, with skincare can take or never, can never work. So for me, it was... I'm sharing what the customer is sharing, mm-hmm. but then also backing that with education yes. to remind people that everyone's skin is different. Mm-hmm. Everyone's scal- cell renewal is also different. Yes. Some people take 28 days, it could be 36 days, whatever your mm-hmm. skin cycle is and your cell renewal cycle is yeah. also depends on the results that you will receive. Mm-hmm. So it's also educating to the consumer that, yes, we do have fast results 
and consistency is key making yeah. sure you apply the product daily and or, yes. which is also really important to get the quicker, quickest results if mm-hmm. you're happy to use the product every few days you will still see a result but it probably won't be as quick yeah so it's educating the consumer that based on consistency also mm-hmm. having a bit of patience and yes. also having hope as well is definitely cr- critical but uh, sorry crucial but i think yeah it's hard because you've got consumers sharing mm. their before and after images and for me, it's just I want to share them because they've oh, allowed us amazing. to share. So, yeah. And that's what the hardest thing. At the beginning, it was fantastic. It still is fantastic. Mm. We get lots of before and after images. But now we're also very, very careful with what we share with right. our community. Because we've had customers sent through before and afters and they are absolutely incredible. But also people might assume it's too good to be true or yeah. they might have had it like Photoshop or... And I am not about that and I would never yeah. do that. So we also, we're also very, very careful with what we share with others because we don't want to give the wrong impression yeah. and we just want to help people. So, yeah, it's, there's been a lot of um, pressure that comes along with that and also upholding that as well. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, I just have to trust in our community and yeah. I'm so grateful because we have got the most beautiful they customers. They are amazing. They're just this is what I was saying before. Your customers kept messaging me being like, when is she coming on the podcast? I'm like, <laughs> trust me, it's happening. They're just so They're amazing. beautiful. And, you know, I love the relationship I have with my customers and I, I'm mm. talking with them every day. Because it's all you. Day. Yeah. Mm. So, um, I have a little bit of help now, which is great. And we're getting another yep. staff member on Monday, which I'm so excited. That's so exciting. Um, so that's amazing. But mm. I see everybody's feedback and yeah. everyone's comments. And I love it. And I love having that relationship with them because they are the forefront of the brand. They will yeah. drive Banger Body to what they want. And we want to be able to listen and provide them, you know, with what they are looking for in a brand. That's definitely one of the perks of being something of a niche business in that there is a dialogue, whereas you were saying with something like ANZ, obviously not beauty, but with a business of that size, anything that you, any changes you want to see have to go through so many different people and it can take ages, but it's you. So you say, okay, we want this, let's make it happen. Definitely. real advantage. So being agile is a very big pro Mm -hmm. (laughs) in um, being, I guess, a small business. So and a startup business as well. It's like you can amend yourself. And I think that's a, the really big thing that we take on board is feedback and how we can continuously improve and continuously give consumers mm. what they're after. Um, and also making sure that they're heard. Like I know yeah. there's a lot of big companies out there that might just not see the comments or, you know, not share mm. um, feedback or anything like that. But we want to make sure that we are for the customer. And I think that's probably been the biggest success for us is yeah. knowing that we can be really agile for what the consumer is looking for mm-hmm. and also try to give back as much as possible. I'm glad that you touched on Photoshop because I did want to ask you about that because I think for a lot of people, the beauty industry can feel and look a bit intimidating because they look at these, you know, high gloss images and go, okay, well, this this isn't me. I don't feel represented. Your Instagram is, it, it's, it's the customers. It's real women who are using the product and there is zero airbrushing, zero retouching. It should be the norm, but it is not the norm. 
Like you're in a, you know, playing in your own space because you're doing no retouching. Is that something you've always had a really strong stance on? 100%. And I think that's where the scepticism of customers begun is because... They're so used to it. They're so used to brands just putting out there what they want people to see. Yeah. And that for me was never okay. I want to give people authenticity Mm -hmm. through every part of the brand. Yeah. And... The biggest thing was sharing before and afters directly from the customer. You mm-hmm. see it coming through Instagram. I tag the customer. I, you know, don't even touch it. I literally just screenshot it, it is. and put it up. This yep. is the customer's results. And for me, that is super important. Mm. And same with the girls that, you know, on are on our feet. You know, there's yeah. no one size fits all. Like, uh, sorry, there is like, yeah, there's no one size. What is it? One it is one size that fits all. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Like it's, it's for everyone. It's for everyone. So yeah. making sure that everyone feels um, welcome to yeah. use and apply our product. And also what we've seen is that we have people of all ages, men yes. and women. Mm-hmm. So we've been known to have the stealable product. So when you take yes. it away with you, it's mm. probably going to go missing within yep. a few days or even the first minute because people are saying, my partner's just use it, my boyfriend, my It fiance. smells like a pina colada. Of course oh, they're delicious. stealing it. And, and that's the thing. It's, all, it's, you know, so many people and we've had a lot of women say, I used to hate putting lotion on because my partner I'm one of would them. hate the smell. Yep. And they would be like, what are you wearing? Like, what is on your body? Like, it's just not pleasant. Mm-hmm. And having a product that's super yummy, even the guys are getting on board yeah. with it and helping their skin, which is amazing. So we've got people that are, you know, in their teenage years that are using it for eczema and breakouts, hormonal acne. Mm-hmm. And then you've got 80-year-olds who are using it with dermatitis. Yeah. It's a bit of dry skin and... And these women who we get feedback from who are, you know, 86 or 76 who can use email, they don't have social media, but they can use email. Love it. Say, I have been around for a very long time and I have tried many different products and your product has helped my skin so much. I just wanted to say thank you. For me, that is the biggest, like, like, I can't even tell you the amazing feeling that comes with that because these women have been around for so Mm. many years and they're taking the time out of their day to write an email to us to say that we're helping their skin even being even because they're of a mature age yeah and they thought that they would there was no product out there that could work for them anymore Mm -hmm. oh that's it's amazing while we're still on social media i do want to keep talking about it because it clearly is a huge part of the business it's those amazing unretouched before and afters that caught the attention of the Daily Mail two months in to the business. Like, that's, that's crazy. What does that level of attention and that number of eyes on the business, how does that change the way that you operate? Oh, it was absolutely surreal and I still, to this day, are pinching myself for when it happened as well because being such a small business two months in – and receiving this long article of not just communication about the brand, but there was a bit of information on me and a bit of information on the customer's results. Mm -hmm. And it was just a fully fledged three page article. And I remember waking up to my phone blowing up on a Sunday morning and I couldn't identify where it was coming from. I turned to Jake, my fiance and said, which influencer post that we have no idea about, like what's going on. Two hours I couldn't find where it was coming from. Oh, my God. (laughs) Because I didn't expect it. And 
now I realise that, and I know now that at the beautiful editors at the Daily Mail, mm-hmm. they adore the product and love it so much that when they had obviously experienced the product and then they saw the amazing op- like outcomes of what other customers were receiving, mm. they decided to roll the um, to roll it out. But I didn't know until it happened that that was that was happening. It was oh just one God. of those things where I you know I received an email saying you know what's your full name and age and and I just thought okay because I didn't just a little Q&A yeah I just didn't think of anything of it and then two months later so it was like right at the beginning that I received the email and then it was I completely forgot about it because I didn't hear anything back and then yeah two months later it went live and when I say that my phone blow up blew up it was because I had my Shopify app a spot of yeah Shopify app on my phone oh that noise and (laughs) it was on silent but the buzzing was like zzz, and then it went because there was no gap oh my god it was god. every second and i literally picked up the phone to my manufacturer and said sos sos pretty much we had an order arriving within days yeah i was like i'm so happy we have an order coming like tomorrow which is great yeah but we need more or do i just say we're sold out he's oh. like priscilla don't touch your website. I'm on it. Oh, We're coming in for you. God. And within, no joke, so we got our delivery the next day, which was mm-hmm. amazing. And then we got another delivery two days later and we had enough to fulfill that order. We did oh. about 1,500 orders in two days. Oh, my God. It was enormous. Two months in. Two oh. months in and I was still packing from my lounge room. <laughs> so... <laughs> We pretty much went from lounge room to fulfillment center within a month of yep. that happening, um, and are there now. And and now we've got our own space, and we're slowly maturing. It's amazing, and, you know. It's still trying to get done, but we will be. Everything will be in house. But at that moment, it was I was beside myself. Yeah. I was going okay. Well, my first thing was, can we fulfill the orders? Secondly what people can I pull from everywhere to help me pack these orders? So I had family, I had friends, I had friends of friends who I didn't even know coming to the rescue and helping. I've got images of my house. There was every nook and cranny had boxes. Oh, my God. Like filled, like every side of my house, every room. It was insane. And the delivery, uh, OzPost delivery that came and picked up the orders, they came to the door, knocked on the door, and they're like, okay, um, hit it for a pickup. And they came and picked up the orders and my fiancé and a few friends were starting to give her the parcels. She's like, oh, is that it? And my Not even like, close. do you want to come and have a look? Your <laughs> van is going to be full. So no more deliveries for you today. She's like, oh, but I've got other deliveries. She's like, he's like, no, 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 no. No, you, you need don't. To, you need to call <laughs> and say that this is your only delivery for today. Oh. The van was filled to the top. The back window, she couldn't see out of like the back window. Oh, my God. It was God. full. And for me, that was just so surreal because... For one, I never expected it to happen. Two, no, of course you don't not. like you just don't think being such a small business, people away are in business for years before they see some sort of response like that. But that really put us on the map. Yeah. That really showed the world, because we I guess we ship worldwide. Yeah. But that really showed people what we are capable of in terms of our um, pack like in terms of the product and mm-hmm. then delivery as well. Yeah, getting the very out. important. I I'm I like that you've mentioned how with some brands it does take years to see a boom of that kind. What we've also seen a little bit of recently is brands launching onto social. They have this amazing social media strategy, but 
you know, the product isn't that great. So they will sell out really quickly and there's all this buzz, but then they fizzle out because there's no repeat purchases. Was that something that scared you? Obviously, you knew the product was great and you saw great success really quickly, but were you ever scared that it may not be sustainable? 100%. You know, that's always a fear going, okay, we love the product. We've had focus groups, they love the product. And then people receiving the product, they love it as well. Mm -hmm. So for me, there was two aspects of going, okay, once people try it, how long before would they need to repurchase? Yeah. So how long should I wait before I start questioning what's going on? Yeah. So with people, it could, depending on where you're applying it, because obviously you can use it from face to toes. Yes. So if you're applying it all over your body, twice a day, every day, mm-hmm. you're probably going to go through it within two weeks. But if yeah. you're applying it just for your face, it could last over a month. If you're applying just to your face and body, again, three to four weeks. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'll leave it to be a month. Every month of a you know replenishment yeah. would be ideal. And within the first like month obviously we launched within the second month third month we just had repeat orders coming through yeah and it was just absolutely amazing because people found value in the product and I guess that was the thing that I was also worried about is because our ingredients are not cheap because we've got the best Australian ingredients within the product that actually are purposeful and that work. So ultimately that is why our yellow tube of goodness is $48. However, the tube is relatively big and you only need a little bit because the slip of the product does go quite a long way. This is what I keep saying to people. It just, oh. (laughs) The lush feeling. It's so rich, but then it sinks in. So fast. It's great because I use, I keep talking about how I use it before I tan (laughs) and everyone's like, but doesn't that cause a barrier? The tan's not sinking in. I'm like... Trust me, it yeah. will be the best tan you've <laughs> ever applied because of the yellow tube of goodness. Like yeah. it, oh, it's amazing. Game and changer. it's so good because it helps with any dryness. So then mm-hmm. when you put on your tan, it's silky and beautiful yeah. and glowy. There's no dry, darker spots or like dry aspects to the skin. Yeah. So it's really great. But that's the thing. So the one part was, okay, the, re- the replenishment of the product every month, which mm-hmm. was great. And then also people finding value of the product going, okay, right. $48, the size of it, and then what is it doing for my skin? And that happened pretty simultaneously and Mm -hmm. pretty quickly that people were saying, oh my goodness, I can't live without it. I can't believe I didn't have it in my life before. And I was like, that's amazing. Um, But you know what? With every brand and with every product, you are going to get people that are skeptics or you are going to get people that aren't satisfied in the sense of, oh, I love the product so much, but I just need it in a bigger tube or I just Mm -hmm. need it. I just need it you know, in a different packaging or I just need it for this. Yeah. And, you know, we do take those feedback on board, but then ideally we have to work out based on majority. Yeah, you cannot I, please every single person. And I guess for me, I am a people pleaser. So <laughs> I had to learn that very quickly that I can't please everybody. No. And I guess I, the way I see it is if I did please everybody and one brand did please everybody, there wouldn't be opportunity for other brands. Yeah, this is true. So if everyone That's, loved the yeah. same thing we wouldn't there wouldn't be any brands out there would be one product that everyone would use and that would be it yeah (laughs) so i think that's the fun part is that you know you're always going to get people that are obsessed with it and then you're going to get people that you can learn from in terms Mm -hmm. of their feedback it's amazing you got to take the positive in everything i guess god you got a good attitude (laughs) so you've mentioned that just over six months in you launched two more products the scrub and the lip and eye balm amazing they're so good (laughs) you have said that you were already thinking about and researching and starting to develop those products when you first launched the firming lotion 
Are you constantly thinking what's next or are you kind of reacting based on customer feedback? So this is really exciting because when we did launch the firming lotion, we had people three months out from launching or three months in, well, it was once I launched three months later, yeah. I should say, from launching, people were saying, oh, I can't wait for you to bring out new products. You know, a scrub would be ideal. Yes. Oh, I'm just looking for this amazing lip balm. But we already had these products in the works. So you were like, pretty, stay tuned. It was pretty exciting. But ultimately, they all thought maybe like, you know, your standard scrub, you know, with coffee or microbeads and then your lip mm. balm. But from that first product Ooh. of multi-purpose, multi-benefit, that's when I think the excitement started to come yeah. into play because we had a firming lotion which did it all yes. and does it all. Um, and then the two new products which aren't just going to be a stock standard scrub and lip and lip balm. It was they a scrub not. with a scrub element and a mask element mm-hmm. for your face and body and then our lip and eye beauty balm which is pretty much you could use under your eyes, your lips as a serum, dry patches on the body, everywhere. So. It's amazing. The scrub in particular, obviously I love it. My mum is hooked on it now as well because she hates coffee and she's oh. like every single scrub <laughs> smells of coffee and she just can't do it. So I've got her onto this and she's like, you've saved her life pretty Aww, much. Oh, that's so lovely. And that's the thing, like for me, I don't drink coffee. So, oh, there you go. So I have never been a real coffee you know, You're goer. a tea addict as I'm, I've just I am said. definitely a tea addict. I've got a, many teas. <laughs> so that's kind of like my um, alternative to coffee. Yeah. But I was, I remember my mum used to have big coffee beans for the salons mm. in the back boot and I used to be dying because of the scent. I just couldn't stomach the scent. Yeah. And I remember I, like coffee is absolutely beautiful for the skin. It's yes. rich in antioxidants and it helps, you know, with increasing um, skin renewal and cell turnover mm. and you know, blood flow and everything like that. It's incredible. But I just couldn't get past the smell. If you're not a coffee person. No. No. And then when I went to my manufacturer about the product, he was like, okay, cool. What, obviously we wanted to add the the coffee, Arabica coffee seeds with it. But then I wanted to add the cowl and white clay to help with, you know, sensitive skin, help with more of a gentle approach, but still having the bamboo, which removes dead skin cells. So you're getting all the benefits, but without it being just full coffee. Yeah. And I said, okay, so how can we, subtle the coffee scent yeah. down he's like well why don't you just use your you know your organic um coffee uh, so your organic pineapple fruit extract and your mm. coconut extract i was like oh that's brilliant so we yeah. had to test to make sure obviously coffee coconut and pineapple you wouldn't think go together but it is oh. the most beautiful delicious scent ever it's like <laughs> another cocktail and then you layer the firming lotion over it i've never smelled better it's delicious oh. so i think that was really a, a real big key factor for me is mm-hmm. that changing the mindset of coffee doesn't have necessarily if you're sensitive to because it's a really yeah. potent scent yes so if you're sensitive to scent like that would it's really great for mm-hmm. that um and then ultimately mixing it with a really beautiful clay you're getting yes. that scrub mousse mask all in one so mm-hmm. it's not too abrasive but it still does its job and you can leave it on as a mask and it's stunning you don't feel Ooh. dry afterwards you still feel hydrated and plump amazing mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the industry as a whole. Obviously, you've always had a, you know, a relationship with beauty. In your interview with beautiful Sarah on Seize the Yay, you used a phrase that really stuck with me. You were referring to fashion and beauty and industries kind of in that space and you called them feel-good industries and that just resonated because I love that sentiment. That's absolutely how I feel about beauty 
but I know a lot of people, we talked about it before, they find it quite intimidating. So can you talk to me in as much or as little detail as you wish about what beauty means to you? Definitely. Thank you. Um, firstly, I absolutely adore Sarah. Oh my God, she she's heaven on earth. Blissful. Oh, she's so beautiful. There's no one like her. She's no. just, oh. She's absolutely stunning and she's amazing and she made me feel really comfortable and I think for me, like mm. yourself, like I Stop. love, I absolutely adore you, you know this, <laughs> um, but too good I to am me. able to really have the platform to share why yeah. it's so important to me. So I think being exposed to brute beauty at such a young age, my mum was always, and I refer back to her because she's so supportive in everything that us girls do and she has always made us feel loved within our own bodies. Mm. She has always never criticised. She's That's never so pinpointed flaws. She's always supported and she's always being able to give us the tools to take care of our bodies because mm-hmm. we only have one and we only have one skin and it's the largest organ so we should take yes, care of it. Yes, we've got to treat it in that way. Yeah, and it can be exhausting. Like don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, taking care of ourselves can be hard, you know, especially running a business. God, there's many times I've oh. neglected myself and it's terrible <laughs> when I look back. But beauty for me is it's okay for it to be simple. Mm. It's okay to for it to be clean and pure and yep. it's okay to be authentic about it. And I think for me the whole aspect of the feel-good space is because we're always trying to feel good. Yes. Whether we try to have a good night's sleep so we wake up feeling better, whether Mm -hmm. we're dehydrated, we have water to make us feel better. Mm -hmm. Everything about life is how we feel. And beauty for me does that. Yeah. I, you know, wake up in the morning, have a shower and then use my products. I, before even having Banger Body, I use products that I loved Mm. It made me feel good. It made me start the day on a positive light no matter what happened the day before. And yep. you can wash away and go, it's a brand new day. <laughs> me this morning. <laughs> Which, and that's the thing. Like it's, and it's easier said than done. Like, don't get me wrong. It's been many years of, you know, mindful thinking and yeah. going, how do I want to feel today? But the transformation space in per se doesn't mean you have to change who you are. And yes. that's why I think I call it the feel good space because we it. don't want to change you. We want to provide you with solutions to make sure you have the best skin that is yours. Yeah, And that's mm. that's all that I set out to do. Oh, I just, I love that entire sentiment. Although the brand is less than a year old, which I still, as we're sitting in this space with this giant warehouse and I like, I know it's less than a year old, yeah. but I'm also a bit like, how? Yeah. Anyway, it's less than a year old, but you have been in the beauty industry for a long time and you've, you know, had a connection to the industry for a long time. What are some of the biggest changes you have seen within beauty over the last few years? Definitely transparency. Yes. 100%. Customers are being very well educated Mm -hmm. in the beauty space, which I think is absolutely amazing. It's the best. I think it's so important because I think for me that's the that's the best way to approach things. Mm-hmm. And even with me, I go into stores and I look at the back of the ingredient listing or I Google and research and that's just how I am. So yep. I think transparency is definitely simplicity. Mm-hmm. People are wanting more for like with less or wanting yes. more for less. <laughs> so people are being more educated in the sense that you don't necessarily have to have a 20-step beauty routine to feel good. Nope. So I think... It's really funny because as we launch, as I launched Bang & Body and then with what I've seen in the industry, it's kind of aligning itself. It's really yeah. bizarre. And I think that's where the whole find a gap in the market 
because you know that market will eventually be filled, mm-hmm. whether it's with yourself or with something Someone's else. Someone's going to do it, yeah. Someone's going to do it. So I think definitely transparency and a simpler approach to beauty mm-hmm. um, and also continuing on with, you know, skin first and yes. then anything else that comes, that anything else you put on your skin after makeup or anything else, it's just going to be flawless. So yeah. I think we are definitely more educated on taking care of our skin than ever before. That's the best philosophy. And what do you think we can expect to see from the future of beauty? Future of beauty, I definitely think more clean yes. beauty. They're continuing on for clean, vegan, natural mm-hmm. beauties. Um, I think innovation in terms of yes. active ingredients use as mm-hmm. well, because I know there's different different actives and native extracts that are popping up all the time. So I think that's um, pretty cool. But definitely innovation of beauty. Mm-hmm. How are we going to evolve with what we did do, I guess, in the past and how are we going to make it into the new modern yeah. age? Like even me, I look back on products that were in the you know early 90s or late 80s and what they were doing and mm-hmm. it's kind of coming back in a clean approach which is super cool yeah so like even with i guess oil cleansers mm. or which is absolutely amazing love them um you know they have been around for a long time but i feel like now they're shown in a new light yes so and then also with different creams and masks and yeah so i think definitely the innovation will still continue it's exciting. Yeah. It's an exciting time to be in beauty. My final question, what is next for Bang & Body? Oh, my goodness, so much. <laughs> so I'm so excited to, um, you know, continue, continually being a, I guess, a, the, the focus of Bang & Body with the c- consumer. So mm-hmm. being like the funnel for them to communicate to us what they're looking for. Yeah. But also new product innovations that are coming out soon, which is so excited about. Um and yeah, just evolving in terms of focusing on the customer, increasing our awareness, new products, and yeah, definitely new things on the horizon, but um, so excited to share with everyone. That was Priscilla Hadjiantoni, founder of Bang & Body, which you can find on Instagram at bangin.body. To read my interview with Priscilla, you can visit glowjournal.com. And for more beauty news, you can find me on Instagram at jemkwatts or at glow.journal. If you liked this episode, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, review and share so other beauty and business lovers can find us. I'm Gemma Watts. You've been listening to the Glow Journal podcast and thank you for joining me.